Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. And we're beginning a brand new series as we jump into 23 called New Year's Resolution. And I love the subtitle, How to Make the Next Year of Your Life the Best Year of Your Life. Anybody in the house just tired of adding years to your life and you want to start adding life to your year? Well, that's what this series really is all about, New Year's Resolution. I did a little study as I was jumping into the series about uh, what the most participated in holiday was. Obviously, we just got through Christmas, and that was my thought. I thought that that would be the most participated holiday. But in America, we've kind of gotten away from God, so I was surprised to find out that the most participated holiday is Groundhog's Day. That's a total lie, but you half of you bought that because of my cool shirt. No, that's not it at all. But you know what the most participated holiday in America is every single year? It's not Christmas. You're going to be surprised. It's New Year's Day. Almost all of America in some form or fashion participates in some holiday efforts on New Year's Day. And, and, and I get it. I think it's because of this. Everybody needs hope. Everybody needs a new dream, a new solution, the turn of a page. Something might change for me. This country more than ever needs hope, folks. They're just putting it in all the wrong places. And so we have to understand they're making New Year's resolutions now. They want to change. They want everything to be different. But the problem with that is what I call reality. And here's the stats on New Year's resolutions. Here's where reality kicks in. Number one, 85% of Americans make New Year's resolutions. But number two, here we go, 40% will break them by the end of this month. And it gets worse. Number three, check it out, 75% will break them by Valentine's Day. And I understand you men have no idea what that date is, do you? Oh, come on, could I have an amen from the women in the house, somebody? So listen, listen, how many of you are just perfect? Every single New Year's resolution that you've ever made, you always keep them, you've kept them to this day. Good, no liars in the house, good, good. Because if you've never break, broken a New Year's resolution, never seen that in action, well, you're about to. Check it out. My dude, that's a lot of cake. What happened to all this eating healthy stuff? All this diet you've been bragging about? It's the first week in January and you've blown your resolution. Okay, look, 
I know I told you how I was gonna quit eating so much, but nobody likes a quitter. And besides, I was watching the news the other day and they were talking about all these abductions everywhere. So? So, I figure skinnier people are easier to kidnap. So I thought I'd stay safe and eat cake. One bite? Hmm. Come on, if you don't learn anything today on Sunday, write it down, stay safe, eat cake. So we break our resolutions very, very quickly. We're apt to do that. Let me show you 10 of the most predominant New Year's resolutions. Now, these are not from Christians. This is just from the world. Uh, you'll see that, but some of you will resonate with some of them. Here's 10 of them. Number one, lose weight. That's a big one. Clearly, uh, Pastor Eric is not paying attention to that one. Uh, number two, save money. Number three, physically fit. Number four, we want to eat healthy. Number five, uh, learn something new. You might do that today. Uh, number six, drink less alcohol. That's my mother. I'm kidding. She was here on the Saturday service, and she's never dr drank a bit of alcohol in her life. I love teasing her, however. The thing that I so enjoy, too, about teasing my mom because she goes to the church. By the way, two days ago, she turned 86. 86. Sonia, that's... I'm so proud of her. She's got so much energy. She just loves God, and she loves people, and she's just a joy to be around. She's probably going to live to be 100 because she laughs all the time, uh, mostly at me. But the thing, when I tell jokes about my mom, she's a saint, really. But then so many of you, you're so sweet and nice. You go up to her after I make a joke like that, and you go, oh, it's okay. I'm getting over alcohol, too. It's just a joke. <laughs> and you told on yourself. Number seven, check it out. Quit smoking. Number eight, uh, reduce stress. Number nine, more sleep. And then number 10, travel more. These are the world's ideas of their top 10 New Year's resolutions. But as you could see earlier in the stats, man, we quit them all the time. Because turning over a new leaf or making resolutions simply is just really conforming to a law and the Bible is very clear in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 7. The law just simply shows us that we can't do it. That's why we quit them so readily. So I'm here to share with you that you don't need New Year's resolutions. You really do need a New Year's resolution. And let me give you three thoughts to introduce what I'm trying to get across today. I think this will help you in a big way. Number one, and it's true, I just said that, you don't need New Year's resolutions because we break them so readily. We've got to change on the inside. It's got to begin with me. Freedom is an inside job, and that's why number two is applicable. Check it out. You don't need a new year. You need a new you. Why is that, Pastor? Because of number three, wherever you go, there you are. That's the one person in life that you cannot get away from is you. How many understand, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got Limburger cheese on your mustache, all of life will stink. I can tell you to go to the garage, the garage is going to stink. I can tell you to go to the bedroom, the bedroom is going to stink. I can tell you to go outside, and outside is going to stink. Why? You've got Limburger cheese on your mustache. Now, here's what I mean by that. Let me give you Scripture, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and verse 20, when a, when a man has guile or deceit in his heart, he finds no good. In other words, listen to me very closely. You don't see life as it is. You see life as you are. If you have a hard time keeping your word, you'll struggle believing that I'm keeping mine. If you exaggerate all the time, you'll think I'm up here exaggerating all the time. Because we don't see life as it is. We see life through the lens of who we are. And I want you to understand that. That's why your outward circumstances will never outperform your inward portrait. Now, here's what I don't mean. I'm not talking about some self-help nonsense. That's not what I'm talking about. The gospel is not about a better self or a better you. It's actually about denying yourself so that you can release all that God has placed on the inside of you. It's the exact opposite of self-help. Self-help is simple mental mumbo-jumbo to help you become a better you. But it's all designed and the trust is placed in self. The gospel is completely different. All of our design and trust should be placed in the truth. In the truth. And the Bible says, John 17, 17, God's word is truth. The Bible says, John 14 and verse 6, that Jesus is the truth. So I'm not going to put my trust in self or self-help. I'm going to put all of that trust and all of that confidence in the Lord and his word. And then I'm going to slowly change as I renew my mind to the word of God. I'm going to begin that change on the inside. And you will be surprised how things will begin to change on the outside. We don't need New Year's resolutions. We need New Year's resolutions. Let me give you the key verse. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, and I think this will really, these are a couple of my favorite verses because they'll help keep your life very constructive. I love these. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself. Everybody say count. Now, those of you that are brand new here, you're our guests. We're so honored to have you in the house. You need to know a little bit about this church. We share this all the time because we have so many new people all the time. My second favorite language is Greek. Uh, the New Testament was written in what's called koine, which is the Greek word for common, means common Greek. I get into the Greek language not to impress you, but to bless you because it helps bring out something sometimes that the English does not. Everybody say baklava. <laughs> See, doesn't that bless you? That's a beautiful Greek word. Let, let me bring it out a few things that'll help you. Uh, the word count, I count, is the Greek word logizomai, and it means to reckon. It's uh, really an accounting term. It's I'm taking an account of, I'm taking personal inventory. And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, you'd think he'd have everything complete, but he's taking personal inventory as he's jumping into 2023 figuratively. He's saying, I count, I'm taking personal inventory not to have apprehended. Uh, that Greek word apprehended is a Greek word katalambano, and it means to strongly grab hold of and seize. I haven't yet fully apprehended or seized or grabbed hold of what God has grabbed a hold of me for. In other words, there's more in my life that God has called me to do, and I believe that for you in 2023. Notice here he said, but these many things I dabble in. Only my wife corrected me because she was paying attention and she was at Saturday service. 
that's not what it says. It says, this one thing I do. I watch so many Christians. They are a jack of all trades, but a master of none. If we're going to get where God wants us to be in 2023, we have to focus. This one thing I do, and here's what he does, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting, the Greek word epithanomine, it literally means to assign to oblivion on purpose. I'm going to choose to forget about my past. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. How many understand, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in the house has a past. Everybody has a, how many got a woulda, coulda, shoulda? You've got a decision that you regret. How many was coming here this morning? We've all got a woulda, coulda, shoulda. We all, we, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. How many know we all have an if? I know you all have a but. And it is time for you to turn the other cheek in 2023. How many could use more coffee right now? Forgetting those things which are behind in keeping with the theme I'm talking about. And reaching forth. This is in the Greek language an Olympic track star terminology. You ever seen like the 100 meter dash, the real muscular guys, and they're stretching every single fiber in their body to cross that line because it can be a matter of milliseconds between the gold and the silver. And that's what that Greek language is depicting. The you and I's are reaching forth to more in 2023 and to those things which are before I press the Greek word dioko, which means to hunt down and pursue. Many times in the New Testament, it's translated hunt. This is something that is, I'm really going after in a strong way. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. Everybody say high calling. Look at your pastor now. God has a high calling for everybody in the sound of my voice. But you're not going to automatically walk into it. You've got to forget those things, assign to oblivion that which is behind, and begin to press, hunt down. I'm going to press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is more for thee in 2023. So let's talk about it. As always, I'll take those verses and I'll break them down into palatable bites so that you can take something home with you tomorrow and begin to apply it right away and over time, your 2023 will change, and I really believe in a great way for the Lord. Are you ready? Let me give you three thoughts on resolutions, and they're all from these passages in the Word of God that we just looked over in Philippians chapter 3, number 1. Check it out. And here's the good news. We're only going to talk about one today. Those of you who have been here before, I can tell by that little subtle laughter that you know I believe in the power of subpoints. Everybody say, leave the past. First thing that we have to do in order to reach towards what God has to change you and I on the inside, I have got to, you have got to leave the past. We find this as human beings very difficult. 
We love being on treadmills of guilt and shame, and we love being on treadmills of reruns where we just put a lot of energy into what we've done and all of our regrets and all the stuff that we hate about our past, and we put all of that energy into this, and we never get off. Look at your pastor, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot live your life from there. You can only live your life from here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, that when I say it, you're almost going to laugh because it's so simple. It's two words, but it has so much power in it, it'll change your life. I quote it almost every single day, and it's simple. First Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice, watch this, evermore. You say, well, how does that change your life, rejoice evermore, big whoop. That word evermore in the Greek language means from this point on. And I love that, rejoice from this point on. That verse and that verse alone will keep your life constructive for the rest of your life. I made a determination a long time ago, no matter what I do, no matter what's done to me, I am going to keep my life constructive because I cannot live my life from there. Now, I may have to pay some consequences from there, but I can't live my life from there. I can only live my life from here. And that's why I love that verse, because every time you look at it, it updates itself. If you had a lousy 2022, from this point on, rejoice. From this point on, keep it constructive. If you had a lousy last month, a lousy last day, if you had a lousy this morning, I don't see how you could have a lousy last hour because you've been with me in my shirt. <laughs> but no matter what the case is, from this point on, rejoice. From this point on, keep things constructive. Let's get off the treadmill of the past, guilt, shame, regret, because we've all got those. And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said, this one thing I do, not many things I dabble in, but this one thing that I do, I've got to forget. I've got to assign to oblivion. I have to choose to let those things go in order to get to what God has for me in 2023. So let me break it down into seven subpoints. But don't panic. Soon these subpoints will be in the past. <laughs> Seven past principles. Number one, check it out. Your future, you will never board the plane of your future until you are willing to let go of the baggage of your past. You just have to. You're going to have to learn how, look at your pastor, to travel light. You're going to. As long as you're burdened down by guilt, burdened down by shame, none of these things are biblical attributes. None of, none of these things are biblical blessings. They're all from the enemy. God is a God that convicts. The devil is a devil that condemns. Conviction is from the Lord. Condemnation is from the enemy. Conviction gives you a light at the end of the tunnel. Conviction gives you a way out. Conviction tells you what you did was wrong, but I love and support you. Condemnation says, because what you did is wrong, you're bad too. There's no light to that tunnel. That's why as my son was growing up, I never, no matter what his choice is, I never told him he was a bad boy. I always told him that was a bad choice. 
But you are not your choice until you begin to make that on a consistent basis. How many, how many in the house have ever done anything jerky? How many of you did not raise your hand and that was your first jerk move right there? Listen to me, just because you did something jerky does not mean you are a jerk. But if you do jerky things all day long, hello, jerk. How many know if you meet a jerk in the morning, you just met a jerk, but if you meet jerks all day long, guess what? You are the jerk. But you and your choices are two different things until you begin to make those things consistently. Because you gossiped doesn't make you a gossip unless you do it consistently. It, because you lie does not make you a liar unless you do it consistently. And then if you do, lie, lie, pants on fire. Is anybody out there? Second thing we need to understand is you can't focus on where you need to go until you forget where you've been. Now, we've got to learn from it. I'm going to talk to about that here in a moment. But we've got to forget where we've been. We will never get to where God wants us to be until we do that. Third thing that you need to know is we're letting go of the past. If you live in the past, you will lose the present. I told you earlier, uh, I have a really awful past. I was an alcoholic, chicken IDs at a bar. I should be dead or in jail. And how many know that's not a good combination? How many know you wear this shirt in jail, you'll die sooner? <laughs> Cheery little bunch we have this morning. And, and listen to me, I have, I have friends from my past. I have one particular guy that I did, so, all that we did together before I knew the Lord was illegal, immoral, or fattening. That's all that we did together. And so after I got radically born again, he was still in my life, and I talked to him about Jesus over and over and over again, but he didn't want to go. And, and all he ever wanted to talk about was what we did in the past. It was all so awful. And I had to tell him, I mean, he's just a big huge guy. I was so much bigger at the time, and we just did not nice things together. And his name was Barry, and I said, Barry, we nicknamed him Bear because he looked like a bear. And so I said, I said, Bear, I said, dude, I've been born again. That's not me anymore. That's what I used to do. That's, I'm a new creation now. That's, that's just not me. I, I can't go back to that. And I want to tell everybody in the house, listen to me, and I know this not from the internet. I know this because I've lived it. I was an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar, and now I've been free without going back for three decades plus. Listen to me very closely. If that's you in the house, and you're here, because we, we have a lot of folks that come, and you're recovering from something, from some addiction, whether that narcotics or alcohol or you name it, whatever it is, listen to me very closely. You have to make a decision in your life no matter who it puts you with or who it takes you from, you've got to go on with God. I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of addicts, they get born again, and then they make the mistake of going right back to their same crew. Now listen, you say, yeah, but I care about them. I want them to all get saved. There's, there'll be a time for that. But listen to me, when you first overcome is normally not the time because you're not strong enough yet. And I watch a lot of folks, they go right back to their friend group, and guess what? How many know wrong voices, wrong choices? How many know right voices, right choices? How many know wrong connections, wrong directions? And I watch them get reconnected with the gang, and it's not so much about, Pastor, I don't get it, man. I just can't seem to overcome this drug thing. Well, uh, who are you hanging around? Well, all my old cronies. 
there's your, there's your challenge right there. It's not what, it's who. If I could separate you from who, the what will begin to take care of itself. And I know this firsthand as a person who's been delivered. You, you've got to just go, guys, it, it, it's not the time. Now, I, I got strong, and I was able to go back and lead a whole bunch of my crew to the Lord. Some of them wouldn't go. A whole bunch of them did. But they couldn't pull me down for nothing. But I had to make sure that I was strong in the Lord first. Come on now. Come on. So you're just going to have to let it go. Association gives you motivation for your destination. Show me your three closest friends, I'll show you you. Show me your three closest friends, I'll show you your future. And that's, we, we, think, we think that's all about just young people. Well, you, you know, who young people hang around with? It's, it's certainly important with young people, but it's important for old people. It's important for all people. Our associations are huge. Can't live in the past. If you do, you're going to lose your present. Fourth thing that we need to understand that it is true, never let your past define you, dominate you, or destroy you. Come on, that's good news. I made a determination a long time ago, and you should too. You cannot let what you did define you. I watch people, they go through a divorce. And, and listen, God hates divorce, but he, listen to me closely. He loves divorcees. You cannot... If you're here in the house and you've gone through a divorce, you cannot. Divorce is an event. It's a tragic event. Everybody knows that. But it's an event. It doesn't have to be a lifetime. And I'm not cheapening marriage. But it doesn't have to be a lifetime unless you make it that. You cannot allow what you did to define you. And here's another one. You cannot allow what was done to you to define you. You must allow what Jesus Christ has done for you to define you. Otherwise, it will dominate you. Otherwise, it will destroy you. If we're going to let go of the past, if we're going to have a New Year's resolution, then we have to know number five, there are many things in your past you've got to remember to forget. May I give you the advice like, like the guy who went to the doctor, 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 there's something really, really wrong with me. I think I have amnesia. And the doctor said, oh, listen, just go home and forget about it. <laughs> now listen to me very closely. That was not the best joke in the world, <laughs> but it was at least an 8 out of 10. <laughs> Your response was somewhere about a 3. There is a five-point gap in my humor and your understanding of it. <laughs> May I suggest we close the gap? If you don't close the gap, I can preach until three in the afternoon. <laughs> Could I have an amen? amen? There are many things in your past you got to remember to forget. Now, please listen. I, I say this all the time. We never forget that we've been forgiven. But you've got to forget your sin. The Bible tells you and I in Hebrews 8, 12, remember your sins no more. If they're confessed and they're forsaken, you've got to let it go. You, you have to let it go. Quit, quit watching reruns. Quit rehearsing before God what he's already forgotten. 
Don't forget that you have been forgiven because that's going to be a key to you loving God. Luke 7, 47, to whom much is forgiven, there is much love. If you'll remember that you have been forgiven of a lot, you'll love the Lord a lot. But if you go back and rehearse all of your past sin, you'll be stuck in guilt. You see the difference. Next thing that we need to understand, number six, is we're putting all of this in the past. Before you leave the past, you must learn from the past. Uh, I've got a 20-year-old son. He was here on Saturday service. He's working with your kids right now. Please pray for your kids. <laughs> and, and I would always tell him, growing up, I would tell him this phrase, and I've taught you this as well. You, you'll know it. Say it with me. Learn from it. Laugh at it. Let it go. That's a great phrase that will keep you free in your life. But my son, invariably, after he messed up, would like to skip the first stage. He would laugh at it. I'd say, so no, no, son, this is not the time to laugh at it. Too fresh. You have not yet learned. <laughs> you have to learn from it, and until you do, then you'll never be able to laugh at it. Once I learn from it, I can now become a little bit more secure, and I can laugh at myself and laugh at what I did. You know, you ever, you ever, you ever make a quick stumble somewhere in front of a whole bunch of folk, and it's kind of embarrassing, and then you kind of gather yourself and laugh a little bit? Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You're gathering yourself. You're learning from it, and now you're more secure about it, and it's okay. I made a little faux pas. I made a little bit of a fumble. Ha, ha, ha. You can laugh at it now, and now you can let it go. But you've got to learn from it. Because if you don't, number seven's coming your way. If you don't learn from your past, then you are doomed to repeat it. And it really is true. All of us have regrets. All of us want do-overs. All of us have decisions in our life that we wish we did not. And I, I wish I would have done that. I, I wish I didn't do that. We've all got that. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna be, I'm always transparent as a dad. I mentioned my son. Most uh, PKs, you know, they have a reputation. PK, you know, and the reason why is because so many pastors neglect their kids in the name of the Lord. They want to win the whole world to the Lord, and yet they neglect their kid. I was an older dad. Uh, I had John. Well, mostly my wife had John uh, <laughs> when uh, I was 40 and she was 35. And so we, had, we were older parents later in life. And because of that, I was determined not to make that same mistake that so many pastors make. I'm an older dad. I get a kick out of that. Um, I, my, my son and I will be going somewhere. I remember we were at a pastor's conference at a hotel and some uh, turkey behind the counter. We were, I was asking him a question, and he said, he said oh, it just warms my heart to see a, a, a granddad and his grandson out together. <laughs> So I went close as I could to this turkey and did that. <laughs> Can you do that, dude? Then shut it! <laughs> There's people in Bangladesh that watch us going, <laughs> Have to wake you people up somehow. And I told him, I said, no, I'm his dad, I'm his dad. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been out with my wife. It's, like, it's so nice to see a father and a daughter out together. 
How many know, ladies and gentlemen, you just can't fix ugly? So I'm an older dad, I get it, but I'm so glad that I was an older dad because it gave me so much more wisdom and then I was forced to stay younger longer, take care of myself longer and all, you know, all of that. And I'm so glad for that. And I'm gonna tell you, and you know, you know I tell you the truth because I'm very transparent. There are regrets that I have in training John, but I've been a, not just a good dad to John, I've been a great dad to John. And I'm not up here bragging on me, I'm just not gonna come up here and lie and be falsely humble. I've been a great dad, John. I've never neglected him. As a pastor, I've never picked you guys over him. I never, I've, I've trained him right. I've told him the truth when I needed to tell him the truth to sometime his chagrin. But I've been a great dad to, to John. But I have one major regret in training him up, and I'm going to be transparent about it today. I love to fish. It's my hobby. It's something I really enjoy. It's my getaway. Jesus loves fishermen. Picked a whole bunch of them to be on his team. And, and so I, I love to fish. And uh, I've got a fishing boat. It's, you know, 12, 13 years old. Uh, and people get upset when those people find out the pastors. It's, it's not a yacht. It's a fishing boat. And, with that, and it's 12 or 14 years old, and I paid cash for it. And with that lousy little attitude, you're never going to get on it. <laughs> it's a fishing boat. Big deal. And so I, I, I took him on when he was younger six, you know, years old. And, you know, when a kid is five, six years old, their attention span is this big. Um, there's people in here, 40s and 50s, while I'm preaching, your attention span. <laughs> so I have to do all this stuff. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, it was, that was a big mistake. And, and, you know, I would just teach him. We weren't catching fish, and he didn't have a lot of room to roam on the boat. You know, you're five, six years old. You want to run around. There's no, you can't run around, and you got to be quiet because you're trying to catch fish. And, and because of that, he didn't like it, and he grew up not liking fishing. And to this day, he's 20, and he hates fishing. <laughs> I'll ask him to go, son, you want to go fishing? No, hate it. I hate it. So I'm counting on the fact that one day after he gets married, at least one of his grandkids will like fishing. I'll probably be 90, but still. I'm working through it, people. I'm working through it. And so that was a major regret. I wish I could do that over. I've taken for way shorter periods of time. We all have something in our life that we would like from varying levels of severity. That was a funny one. Maybe you got a major one. But I say to you Paul's words by the Spirit of God that forgetting this one thing that you must do, you've got to forget those things which are behind and press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You've got to learn from it, you've got to laugh at it, and you've got to let it go. God made your front windshield so much bigger than your rearview mirror. Your rearview mirror is designed to look occasionally at your past so we can talk what we talked about before, we can learn from it. But we've got to put the vast majority of our attention in 2023 on where God has called us to go. You have, I have, we have a higher calling in Christ Jesus. And what do you say? Let's make a New Year's resolution.